Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Stokes here. Welcome back to another episode of the Trading Coach Podcast. Thank you as always for joining me. Today we're going to talk a little bit about living your perfect life and really what it takes and the, the balance in which you should look to look for if you want to live that perfect life. But first, I have an announcement for you guys. I started something brand new for the Trading Coach Podcast and I was a little bit uneasy about doing this and then I kind of Think about what I preach. You should probably do the things that feel uneasy because they are typically worth the risk. But I just started a Facebook group page for the Trading Coach Podcast. And typically I'm not a big fan of of groups on social media because in my experience, they usually turn out toxic. But we have a great community here at the Trading Coach Podcast. You guys give a lot of good feedback, whether it's on social media or uh, on the YouTube channel. And I think it would be beneficial to have a place where we can discuss it and not only discuss the ideas that we're talking about here in the podcast, but also really spark some brand new ideas as well. And the idea came from a a TED Talk group that I'm a a part of. There's a new thing that my city is fortunate enough to be kind of like the um, kind of beta testers for. It's called TEDx Circles. And a good friend of mine, Bob Fasile, is actually the leader of Lancaster TEDx. Um, And the idea that TED Talks had was that They had all this awesome content and people were listening, people were watching it and they're enjoying it, but it wasn't really being made useful because people would listen to it and forget about it. So the idea behind the the TED Circles was to have a group of people that come together, they listen and watch the idea, they discuss it right away and and talk about practical ways that they can use it and then hopefully they, they bring that back into their circles, whether it's family, community, whatever, and just more people are touched by the idea. So... I thought that we could do the same thing here at the Trading Coach Podcast. Instead of me just giving a single response to a single person that DMs me on uh, Instagram, for example, we can actually have some discussions about the topics and and come up with some useful conversations. And well, if it completely bombs, then I'll just delete the group and we'll be in no different place than we were beforehand. But I trust you guys as a community and I think it'll be a a pretty cool idea. So head over to Facebook.com. I guess just search the Trading Coach Podcast and look for the group. Um, and then, uh, just say, want to be a member and I'll accept you. But today I want to talk about living your perfect life. And it comes from a, I guess the whole idea sparks in general from a a conversation that I had on the Twitter the other day, right? So I'm fortunate enough to, um, I, I get to talk and communicate with lots of different people from all over the world every day. 
And there's some good and some bad that comes with that. Now, for the most part, 90% at this point in my career, it's good. We're helping traders out. We're helping people out with their lives and making a, a positive impact on this world, which is something that is very important to me. But every once in a while, you get the haters, right? You get the people that come in and they see I'm a trading coach and I charge for my services because why would someone ever charge for their services? Um, and they want to assume certain things about you. And I used to get upset about it. I used to kind of, I like to argue, especially when I know I'm right because it's an easy win. Um, but I've gotten better over the years of just not caring because you know, as my life has gotten busier with the, the trading and the business and the family, I just don't have time or energy uh, to waste on uh, things that aren't beneficial, things that aren't pushing me in the right direction. Um, so I tend to let people think what they want to think. I answer them because I do believe that you should respond to people. I, I know that's sometimes it's easier to ignore, but I think that's just the, the people person in me. If someone takes the time to say something, at least give them a response, even if it's like, a, hey, thank you for sharing your opinion, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I was talking to this trader. Or this person on Twitter, I should say, I'm assuming he's a trader who was doing the normal, you know, trading coach, he charged for services, blah, 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 this, that, blah, blah, blah. And uh, we got to the point where he he asked me, okay, you know, if you're this good, right, because this is what they always ask for for proof. If you're this good, show me a picture of your house or show me a picture of your car because that's what really matters. And that brings up the the, the first point in that. The assumption that success is based off of material things is made by people who haven't really generated wealth or, or either they haven't really generated wealth or they just haven't been financially educated. Right. There's a big difference between wealthy and rich. Now, I did a YouTube episode on this the other day uh, talking about how to avoid kind of the wealth trap and whatnot. Um, but typically the people that you see with the material items, those aren't the wealthy ones. Those are the rich ones. Why? Because the sum of their money is going to towards those material items in order to put themselves in the position to look a certain way. Um, and again, not everyone's like that. I understand some people need to carry a certain look for their job. I, I understand that completely. But I think we would agree that we all know people who are having trouble paying rent. Um, but have this nice fancy car, right? I, I grew up in Philadelphia in an urban area and routinely you'd see people driving around this new fancy car and you take a look at their house and where they parked the car in front of it, it's like, hey, priorities, man. Like, why are you living in this neighborhood with this beat up house, but your car is looking fresh? Wouldn't you rather have a, a beater car or take public transportation and have a better house? Uh, so you see that all the time. And I like to judge things. I'm not a very material person at all. I do have some bad spending habits or, or maybe not bad spending habits, but I do have habits that others may think are bad. And, and for me, it's stuff like cameras and microphones and sporting events, right? I don't, I don't have a problem spending up for uh, microphones because uh, previously in a, you know, I used to be an audio engineer, so I get really weird over if something sounds a certain type of way and I think it can sound better. Um, cameras are the same way, right? I do a lot of stuff for the business, so I, I want to have the, the highest quality of camera and, and I kind of get suckered into like kind of new shiny thing. Ooh, look at that drone. Let's buy it. Um, so that's, that's kind of my thing. And, and sporting events, because I'm a sports nerd, so I don't mind paying up for like, you know, um, soccer matches or football games or basketball or, or stuff like that. But everything else, I don't really feel a need for. I don't feel a need for um, a fancy car. A car just gets me from point A to point B. I don't really buy any clothes. I have a bunch of black t-shirts and, and some athletic pants. That's about it. Um, 
because those things just aren't good investments, right? You, and, and part of being wealthy, guys, is living within your means. That's the biggest part of being wealthy. Understand that wealth is a two-step process, right? It's a two-step process. It's not this magic formula. Um, now, within those two-step processes, those are, uh, there are tactics, obviously. But one, right, spend less than you make. Write it down, right? Number one, the number one step of being wealthy. Spend less than you make, right? If you spend more than what you bring in, right? If you if you put out more than you bring in, you are going to be in debt. And that's going to keep snowballing and snowballing and snowballing and snowballing, right? So spend less than what you make. When you spend less than what you make, right? You have a surplus, right? You have extra, right? What do you do with that extra? Well, you can pay off debt. That's one thing if you wanna get yourself out of a hole. But the second step of wealth creation is invest it. Have that money start working for you, right? It's a simple process, right? Make some extra money by spending less. Put that money in a position where it can make money without you necessarily doing anything. Now it's like you've added a second job. You have your main job where you're getting your paycheck. You have your second job where your money is working all the other hours in which you're sleeping, making money for itself. And you start to accumulate wealth that way, right? You start putting yourself in the position where your, your income is no longer based on your time, right? The, 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 the time taken to make that income. And that's what wealth is. Wealth is measured by time. And what I mean by that is if you were to quit your job right now, right? Ask yourself this question. This is how you can determine how wealthy you are. If you were to quit your job right now, how long can you survive? If you said one month, you are one month wealthy. If you said one year, you are one year wealthy right? So that's how you can kind of measure it, right? When, when you reach the, achieve, uh, the, the, the ideal level of wealth, it's when your, your, your investments are making enough money where you would never have to work again if you didn't want to, and you would still be able to survive. Now, the key point of that, I just said, right? Never work again if you didn't want to. And this is where it comes, uh, the topic comes into of living your perfect life, because you should want to work. I know the ideal situation is like, hey, I want to retire and do nothing and travel the world, but I think you should want to work, right? The question is, you should want to work doing something that rewards you, fulfills you, and, and, and makes you happy. And going on with the conversation of this trader on the Twitter, right, he was asking me about sharing my house and sharing my car and all that stuff, and I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. I'm very private. No way am I putting my, my house or my car on social media. Um, not only am I very paranoid about everything in life, um, but I just there's no reason to prove that to you. What's a, what's a picture of my house going to tell you, right? I can take a picture of someone else's house and pretend it's mine. I can take a picture of my house. You have no idea how much it costs. You have no idea how big it is. You don't know the, the property value and, and, and all this other stuff, right? It, it just, it is pointless. It is pointless. By the way, I do have a house um, for you guys wondering. It is a much bigger, it is not a good investment. Just to get sidetracked a little bit, right? My house is is larger, it, 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 it's bigger than my means, right? I don't need a house this big. I could be saving a, mo a lot more money with a house that's smaller. Now, if you guys are that have listened to uh, my buddy Jason Greystone's podcast, uh, Always Free or Watch a Newsletter, um, he's done some great lessons on, um, you know, is it worth owning a house? Kind of what we're, we're trained to do is you, you buy a house, but is because it's a good investment, but is buying a house actually a good investment? Um, and the answer is yes or no, depending on your situation. But I know he's considering right now, uh, whether he should buy a house or just rent. Um, 
because when you rent, right, it's going to be cheaper than buying, right? Not only the, the rent versus the mortgage in most cases, but the other stuff that comes with home ownership, and you homeowners know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, and although you don't get the equity in the house, which is which most people waste because most people never live in the house long enough to really accumulate equity and use it, um, while you don't get that, what you do is you free up short-term money. So if I'm saving, right? Let's say I like I told you, my house is bigger than I than I need, right? I can probably be in a house that's a hundred thousand dollars less and be just as happy. Now, my wife likes the house; she's the one that picked it out. And fellas out there, right? For you guys that read the man book. What is the number one rule in the man book? What is on page one, section one, big and bold, and repeat it on almost every single page after that? Say it with me. Happy wife, happy life, right? So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. But if I were to live in a house that was $100,000 cheaper, and we, and we did get a good deal on the house, that's, that's part of it. I am a real estate investor. I plan on going nowhere, so I am in this for an equity deal. Um, and it was a very good investment because we got it about $50,000 cheaper than what it was valued at the time, um, at a time where property values were going for cheap, um, at least in, in what I considered the estimate of the house of, should, should be worth. Uh, um, and there's other things. I, I like it because we, we can, you know, when my kids get older, I'm a sports dude. Hopefully my, my kids are sports guys. Um, we're in a private area, which is, which is pretty cool. Um, and we also have a lot of space so we can, you know, we can make a half a football field or half a soccer field out back or a baseball diamond if we want it, um, and get some good training in. So I, I do enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. But from strictly a financial standpoint, we could be living in a house, uh, probably a hundred thousand dollars cheaper and have all of the room that we need. And what that does is it, it, it shores up short-term income, right? Um, meaning this, right? If, if my mortgage, and I should do the calculations on this, um, let me just do one real quick. Pardon me, guys. I'm going to try and estimate what a mortgage would be on a, a house uh, $100,000 cheaper than what I have. Mortgage calculators, do a real quick one. Um, let's make that $150,000. Boom. Obviously, interest rates are a little bit lower. Okay. So, essentially, I would be saving probably about, and again, uh, Interest rates are a little bit different than when I bought my house. Yeah, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Okay, I could be saving, let's say, roughly like five hundred, five hundred dollars a month on a lower mortgage. Five hundred, six hundred dollars a month lower mortgage. Now, doesn't seem like a lot, um, but going back to the original conversation we had about one spending less than you earn, right? So, boom, that checks off that box. You're you're spending less that way, um, and then two, making your money work for you. Right now, it's an extra six hundred dollars that could be put into a different investment. And what will that $600 a month, right, consistently add it to your investment, what will that create over the same 30-year period in which you were paying the mortgage, right? So stuff like that makes a difference. So, and, I, and now I forgot what I was going for. Oh, so the trader, after, after you know, trying to, sh uh, trying to you know, find out information about my house or whatnot, or the person, um, he did a search on me, I'm, I'm sure, and he found my coaching profile, right? You guys have been following the podcast for a while. So not only am I a trading coach, but before even that, I was a track and field coach. I still am a track and field coach at a local university, the, my alma mater. And uh, 
the first thing that popped up, first thing he shared was my profile picture, right? It was cool. It was a nice little picture. I looked young, had a lot more hair back then. They caught me at the right angle, so you didn't really see the receding as much. Um, and a nice little profile about, you know, how good I was a co- as a coach and this many qualifiers and blah, 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 blah. And essentially what he did was try to shame me, saying that, oh, you're, you're, you picked up this job as coaching because you can't really trade. And I'm like, no, sir. And this, this, is, this is when you know you got him. I told you, I like being in arguments where I know I can win. This is when I knew I had him. I'm like, you just made my point. You just made my point. I said, it's, it's the exact opposite. Coaching was my passion well before trading. And the reason that I got into trading was so that I can coach. And I'll take you back to my story, right? I, I got out of... I got out of college in 2017, right uh, during the beginning of the recession. There was no jobs available, so I decided to go to grad school and buy two more years. So I didn't have to tell relatives, you know, uh, when they asked, you know, what are you doing? I'm like, eh, nothing. Uh, I didn't want to seem like a loser. So I went to grad school. Um, grad school, again, the loan I took in grad school also allowed me to start my real estate company, which was good. Um, but the, the main part was to buy time. Now, while I was in grad school, I had a graduate assistant job where I was uh, an assistant track and field coach. And this was at the same time I was learning about investments. I was in the stock market. And I had no intentions of coaching, but they said they were going to pay me money. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. I like money. Um, (laughs) I like money. I like track. I'll, you know, works for me. And eventually, just like investments, I fell in love with coaching track. And my my graduate assistantship was for two years. And so after the the, the second year... um, it ended and I wasn't getting paid. And I was still volunteering coaching. I, I, just, I was just not getting paid for it. And it came to the time I was talking to a lot of mentors. It was, uh, you know, this is kind of before I had gotten, I, I was okay. I, I was struggling at trading. I was, I was in it, but I, was, I, was, I wasn't consistently profitable yet. Um, and we were starting to plan what my future was going to be. And being the stubborn individual that I was, I said, I want to coach. I want to coach. I want to coach right here. I don't want to do anything else. And they're like, yeah, but reality, I'm like, no, take your reality and shove it. This is what I want to do. I'm going to find a way to do it. And that was something that helped me take the jump to really taking trading seriously. Because again, I was I was trading, um, but because I was working three jobs before that, I wasn't really, I was trading and struggling and losing money, but I was making it back because I was making so much money for my other three jobs um, that I never kind of took it seriously to go for it. And it was this moment when I saw the timeline running out on my coaching um, and I start to have kind of reality checks about, you know, working like, I don't know how many hours, you know, like what, 15 hours a day, um, doing that for the foreseeable future, doing that with a family and only making $30,000. And it just wasn't a realistic, uh, realistic path for me. It wasn't going to work. And I said, you know what? One thing I like about trading is that it gives me freedom of time, Right investments work you know you got to work in trading but it's a flexible schedule especially the forex market um trading would also allow me time to continue to coach and that was something that really pushed me in the direction of saying hey i want to i want to coach how can i find a way to coach without having a job because i had job offers out there and i and i turned them down i turned them down because i would ask each job i said hey can i can i be free i don't mind coming in early in the morning but i can i be free from like three o'clock to six o'clock and they're like no and i said well no to you I didn't say it like that. I was like, sorry, I'll have to decline your offer. But in my mind, I was like, no. Um, so trading would allow me to do that. So 
if you can imagine this, I want you to kind of kind of close your eyes and, and, and I'll, what I'll do is I just talked about that Facebook group. I'll, I'll put this infographic into the group so you guys can check it out. But um, this is something my buddy Jason Greystone shared where imagine this Venn diagram um, and, and I'm going to explain it to you. Um, where on the outside area, before we get to like the, the overlapping circles, on the outside area, in your upper left-hand corner, it says the word unrewarded. In the upper right-hand corner, it says the word unfulfilled. And in the bottom, right right in the middle, says unethical, right? These are kind of all the, the outside bad areas, right? You don't want an unrewarding life. You don't want an unfulfilled life. You don't want an unethical life, right? These are unrewarded is where you know, you're, you're doing stuff and there's no reward for it, right? You don't get anything. Either you're doing something of, of cause, um, but there's no paycheck for it. So you, you, you or, or there's no, there's no any type of reward for doing it. Um, so it's kind of like you're filling one area, right? You're providing value, but you, you're struggling in your own life. You're sacrificing your own life for that unfulfilled is you're doing something, maybe you're good at it, you're making money, but there's no fulfillment. You don't really like what you do. You don't really see a purpose. I think that's that's probably the the section that most of us are in where, where you're going to this nine to five job and you come home and you're like, well, I, did I really make a difference today? Like, I don't really feel happy about what I'm doing. I'm just chasing the check, right? It's an unfulfilled life. And maybe the paycheck is really, really good, but you don't, you're not happy with life. And that's the point of being happy. At the very bottom, unethical that I mentioned, well, that's unethical, right? Maybe you're getting a massive reward, but you're doing something that you probably shouldn't be doing, right? You know, I always use an example. I think uh, I've done a lot of studies, not studies, I've watched a lot of movies and stuff and documentaries on like the mafia. And I, I applaud them, the mafia and kind of your 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 biggest drug dealers, right? Um, they run their businesses like Fortune 500 businesses, right? Great business people. However, and everyone's like, well, kill. Well, wouldn't you want to do that? I'm like, well, no, because it's unethical. I don't, you know, I don't want to be in that business where you poison people and 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 uh, you know, potentially kill people or involved in it. And you know, it's just unethical. But it, they're so good businessmen. So you want to avoid those outside areas. Now, if you can imagine the three overlapping circles, kind of like a Venn diagram, the circle in the top middle, it says passion, something that you're good at. So that would be a job that you're passionate about. You love it. And you're good at it, right? Something you're skilled in. And typically, you are you love what you're good at. In uh, the bottom left, it's going to say fulfillment, right? Something that fulfills you. And then on the bottom right is your reward. I always think of that as like a monetary. You're, you're, you're getting something from it. And the ideal place for your perfect life, in my opinion, and my dad told me this when I was considering going into trading, right? He was kind of the one that gave me the final push. I was like, man, I want to do this, but I don't know if I should. He's like, look, man, you're young. The worst thing you can do is is get a job right now that you hate and be stuck in it for the rest of your life. You're just going to be counting down the days to retire. That's what my dad is. He just hit the retirement age this year. Um, but before that, every time I talked to him, he's like, yeah, I, got, I just got five years left, man. And I'm like, man, I don't want to be in a job where I'm counting down like like school. Five years left till I graduate. I want to do what I'm happy. I want to do something that makes me happy every single day. Um, so he, he said, you got to do something you love. And while you're young, you can take the risk. Um, so the ideal situation for your perfect life is to find something right in the middle. Find something that you're good at, a skill, something that you're passionate about, a cause, something that fulfills you, something that makes you feel happy at the end of the day, and of course, something that rewards you. It allows you to actually, you know, make it through life because life costs money. And this is where 
this is where track was for me originally. The reward wasn't necessarily there. The monetary award wasn't necessarily there because you don't really make anything from being a track coach. But I was passionate. I was good at it. And I was touching lives at a very crucial time, right? I'm dealing with kids coming out of high school into college. It's that area where they're going from boys and girls to adults. It, it's the perfect time to mold someone to be successful. And, and that's 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 bigger than track and field because I don't coach people that go pro, but I, I coach people that go pro in, in life. Um, the problem was I was missing that circle in the bottom right. I had the top one, passionate. I was good at it. It fulfilled me, but I was missing that reward. So it wasn't something that I can do on its own because life costs money and I didn't have any money to from it. So trading gave me the time freedom and also gave me the reward. And eventually I went on to turning my trading into business. Um, now here's the thing. So I wanted to achieve the same thing in trading, but I went, so I went into money management. I didn't, I didn't have enough money to live off of trading. I always tell you guys, it takes like $200,000 to live off of trading. I didn't have enough money to live off of trading. So I took the route of turning it into a business. So I started a money management business where I would invest other people's money and, uh, make, make it a business that way. And that's how I would get my paycheck along with the money I made for my own personal trading. So that kind of checked off the box of the reward. The problem was, even though that box checked off reward, the fulfillment wasn't there. I didn't really feel like I was making a difference. I was helping people that were already wealthy, get more wealthy. That's nothing that really makes me get excited about. Um, I'd rather do the opposite. I'd rather help people that are in poverty um, I'd rather help them learn about wealth creation and help them get wealthy. So it didn't hit the fulfillment box. Um, and I didn't really have a passion for it. I was good at it, but I didn't have a passion for it. It wasn't fun. I've told you guys in many podcasts, the stresses of managing money of, of it. It's, it's, it's hard to trade. It's harder to trade demo. It's harder to trade your live money. It's even harder to trade someone else's money. It's a massive amount of pressure on your shoulders. Um, and it really kind of takes the fun out of it and, and the passion disappear. And when I stopped doing my money management business and I, I got into coaching, that ended up checking all the boxes. And I didn't plan on getting to coaching at all. But again, I, I needed to I needed to to I needed that reward circle to be filled so I can continue doing what I wanted to do in life. And, and, and coaching was a way to make supplemental income, which would help with that again surplus, invest your surplus, grow your account even faster or invest it, grow your investment even faster. That's how you become wealthy. And the more I got into coaching, the more I realized how valuable it actually was because it was, it, it checked all the boxes. The reward was there, right? I, I make money from my coaching services, right? Because I provide services. I'm very good at what I do and I invest a lot of time and energy into the clients I work with. I was passionate about it because I love trading and I love helping people in general. And it gave me that fulfillment, right? I, I was seeing on a daily basis stories of people getting it, people able to quit their jobs and, and, and start investing, uh, people able to start hedge funds, start their own businesses, um, even people that haven't made it yet, just seeing the spark in their eyes of, of having a light at the end of the tunnel saying, hey, I know I'm, I know I'm probably five years out, but this is going to be it. Um, and, and, and teaching it, uh, teaching it to their, their kids, to their girlfriends, their wives, their husbands, uh, and, and just seeing the trickle down effect of, of, of financial education. And it, it makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm actually making a difference in this world that will last like well before I'm gone. I'm driven by two things, right? Value and legacy, right? I want to provide value, um, meaning I, I want to play my part as a human being and helping making the world a better place. 
and I want to have a legacy. It may seem selfish or, or narcissistic, but when I die, I want people remembering me and saying that, man, he helped a lot of people. I think of people like Mark Douglas. Um, you know, may he rest in peace, right? Mark Douglas's book, Trading in His Own to Disciplined Trader, touched so many people. He's remembered as a legend because of the work that he's done to help traders, right? I, I hope that when I'm, my time is all said and done, right, people can go back and listen to thousands upon thousands of episodes of the Trading Coach podcast, watching hundreds of thousands of videos on YouTube. And it could take a person who has a passion to do something. It could allow him or her to get better and really change their life. And, and, and hopefully they kind of follow the same values as me and, and they pay it forward. They give it back to someone else and we make the world a better place. So the reason I traded was so that I can coach, so that I can live my perfect life. And then the path that trading led me on was to coach other traders as well, which put me right in the middle of living my perfect life. And that's where I'm at right now, guys. And I challenge you to think of this diagram. Again, I'll, I'll put it in the, the Facebook uh, group page. I, I challenge you to think of this diagram and ask yourself, are you checking all the boxes? And if you're not, what can you do to check all the boxes, right? And I always say, start with your passion. Start with something you're good at. Start with your passion, right? In this day and age, almost anything could be monetized. Almost anything. I, I, think, I, don't, I don't think there's anything out there that can't be monetized in this day and age. There's always someone that wants you to do something for them. And if you have a specific skill, you can market it. Um, so think about that and, and, and start thinking about how can I, right? How can I, one, get on the track to becoming wealthy? Because that's what's going to free up your time and your ability to do stuff. But how can I get on the right track of doing something I love so that I can get out of this unfulfilling job, this unrewarding job, or this unethical job? and start doing something that checks all the boxes, something that you're passionate about, something you're good at, something that, you, that fulfills you, and then finding a way for it to financially reward you as well. So thank you guys for listening. As always, uh, do me a favor, uh, leave me a review, especially on iTunes if you're listening to this podcast. Um, that's the biggest way you can help uh, promote the show. Also, share it, share it, share it, share it, share it. The goal is to touch as many traders as possible and help people get on the right track, not just traders, but people that are um, really want to become entrepreneurs, business people, people looking just to be become more motivated and uh, develop more um, as a person. And of course, if you're new, um, or, or if not if you're new, it's new, uh, the Trading Coach Podcast Facebook group. Get on there, discuss this topic amongst yourselves. I'll be on there as well. Let me know what you think. Um, and hopefully we become more educated uh, as a whole. Until next time, traders, plan your trade, trade your plan. Take care.